0: I have to share another story. And that is of one of our dearest, closest friends who their 30-year-old son recently bought a condo. Mom and dad are retired and through great discipline, through great savings, through great struggle, and we, could, we can and hopefully will have an episode with this dear friend on this very subject, said to me the other day over coffee, you know, I'm kind of thinking of just paying off Tommy's condo for him. Mm-hmm. I said, Really? Glasses slid down the nose. Really? Tell me more. Well, you know, just we're blessed and I just, I hate to see him struggle. Sure. Right? They're
1: tired of seeing him struggle.
0: He was, he, my friend who I was having coffee with was just going on, going on, going on. I said, that's very interesting. We got to a point in the conversation where he said, what's up? I said, I, I just... I find it and this is a friend that is very thoughtful and meaningful in, in everything that he does, one of the most intentional people I've ever met. And and I couldn't help myself. I said, Why would you take that gift away from him? The gift of struggle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: Stick around and you'll find out. What do you want to talk about? I think I'd like to start our episode with a little bit of gratitude. Awesome. I, I like the fact that Ace reminded us that that was something we do pretty much in every aspect of our lives. You know, we do it at work with our clients when they come into meetings. We we do it at home at the dinner table. And we started doing it an episode or two ago here. So what are you grateful for today?
0: I am grateful that the smoke is getting a little better. Oh, it's you. not a lot better because we have a lot, of, a lot of fires. For those of you that are not familiar with Northern California right now, the greater Tahoe Basin is pretty much engulfed in fires all over the place, and the smoke from that is making its way all the way down to me in the Bay Area, and so our hearts go out to everybody that's being impacted and affected by that. So my gratitude is that there are people that are brave enough and courageous enough to go fight those fires and do what they do, but also that we've got a little better air quality today down down the hill a piece is
1: quite nice. Thank you for sharing your gratitude. Do you think there is a single soul in the United States today that does not know California is on fire?
0: Yeah, there's probably a few.
1: Oh, okay. Well, hopefully... Because if they're
0: taking our advice, they're not glued to the Jumbotron all (laughs) day long. There
1: you go. Very good. Yeah, I've got myself some gratitude today, too. I am grateful for the blue sky. We've had some really nice blue sky here lately. It's been nice to breathe clean air. I'm also super grateful about the fact that today... Marks a major milestone in Team Grishman and our family. My wonderful better half, Amy, and I are no longer responsible legally for minor children. Effective today, Lucas turns eighteen today, and it was like something lifted today, but in a very good way. So I'm I'm having somewhat of a nostalgic day today. My two little baby boys are. Technically, and I'm air quoting this, adults today. So I just have a lot of gratitude that this weight—not a bad weight, but this, this almost like a sense of freedom—that I'm I'm no longer responsible for them, their choices, their behaviors, their decisions. That's that's all on them now. It really shifts my role as a father, and really kind of solidifies this stage of parenting that this consultant stage that I'm in today. So I'm incredibly grateful that I can look back on my time with my children and everything that often feels like it's happened to me, I see now a little more of how that's all happened for us, and it's just wonderful. Happy birthday, Lucas. Yeah, happy birthday, buddy. 18 is awesome. Yes. We've spent a bulk of the summer talking about this concept to teach your children, and it's something you and I have put a lot of emphasis on, right? You've always told me to put the proper emphasis on the proper syllable. Correct. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yeah. We haven't used that one yet. We did now. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, it's good stuff.
0: So, I mean, what we've done with the kids, they have a checking account that has a debit card attached to it, Mm -hmm. and they have a savings account. Mm -hmm. And any money that is made actually, in this case, goes to their savings account first. Ah, the whole check. The whole banana. Okay. Now, at a young adult level with paychecks in the $60 to $1,000 range- and they have very little expenses going to savings is one of the ways that we've helped protect them from not having this the swipeability <laughs> is that a word it is now kevin could you do us a favor could you check to see if swipeability is a word and then report back <laughs> kevin is our unofficial linguist and english major on the program so the swipeability of having the money in the debit card is is a little dangerous okay i mean it's dangerous in my opinion because it's like Ooh, it's like a gift card. Isn't it awesome when you get a gift card and it's got like 50 bucks or 100 bucks? It just feels like you can be frivolous Yeah, and go swipey swipe all over town. Well, it's not money. It's not real money. It's just a click or a beep, beep or a bop, right? Or, or a swipe or a tap. That concept of paying yourself first and having multiple accounts to put it in. So what we've been working on the, on the kids with is it goes into savings— and then periodically, at their discretion, not my discretion, they move money from savings to checking, which is where the debit card comes in. Yeah. So that's a little structure to how to do it. Now
1: that's how we're approaching it with Lucas, yeah. our youngest son. Yeah. With Miles, our older, who's now working more full time as a server at a restaurant and making some real money, we're we're doing it a little bit differently. Interesting. With with, with him, what we've and, and he's also at the age where, where I can introduce this concept, right? I'm, I'm, as a parent, in full consultant mode with him, right? No more coaching, no more copping. It's all consultant mode. So I, I really allow him to drive the bus and come to me with questions about what to do with this payroll money that he's getting, with, with, with these direct deposits that he's getting. And one of the things that he's been open to hearing me talk about is the most profitable and most valuable investment he could ever make. Amazon. Guess again. Apple. And no, sorry. Sorry. GameStop. This was so this was the conversation he and I had. I played a no, little s- guessing game. Uh, sorry. Keep going. Keep I, going. Bitcoin. You're getting closer. Not um, really. You're getting further away. A trip to Vegas? Ooh. That could be the best gambling experience of your life. Okay. Because at least there where you lose money, you could get comp a free meal or two. No. I, and and obviously we're having a little fun with this. But he is open to this idea of the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. Your ability to create wealth in this world is really based on you creating the best version of you to go out into the world with your skills, with your gifts, with your unique abilities, and be able to create wealth for yourself based on your ability to connect with people, based on your ability to move people, motivate people. Solve problems. Solve problems for people. And the more you invest in This being, this person of being the best version of whatever this person is meant to be is directly connected to your ability to create that wealth. And he learned that in high school or college? (laughs) Of course he did not. Oh. Of course he did not. I see. And this is why we do this. Right. This is why we do this. I mean, this is so much of what I've learned through your example, you and Beth, and the way you've raised your children. Our friends Bo and Don Eason and, and some of the things that they're doing with raising their children and how I've learned from that and, and been able to take that to my own boys. And what I'm trying to help Miles with now with this job is, is before he goes out and pays anyone else, let's just consider the first 10 percent of what you bring in every month – goes into this savings account that will call for, you know, lack of a better term, which I appreciate what the banks do now is you can actually title and Nickname. name your accounts, right? I love Nickname, the nicknames. accounts. yes. Let's call this the invest in yourself bucket. Yes. And 10% goes into that. Well, what do I mean by the invest in yourself bucket? I mean, th- this is money set aside for Miles to become the best version of Miles, that, you know, to improve his skills, improve his health, improve his image, whatever opportunities he might come up with. I mean, he wants to go be a pilot. It's expensive to become a pilot. I thought so. Yeah. So how do we help Miles get to a point where he can become a pilot and create this opportunity for himself? This is where some of this invest in yourself bucket could happen. Wait a second. Wait, slow down. Are you
0: like over caffeinated today? No, I only had one cup of coffee this morning. Jeez, Louise. Why don't you just pay for him? Why don't you just do it? Well, you know, that would be easy. I know, but I mean, why should he go through the struggle and strain of having to have and invest in your self account. Why shouldn't he just be able to go? I'll tell you why. Okay.
1: My parents paid for the first three years I went to college. They paid for it. it was easy. How'd that work? I was asked to leave college. I Me. love how you say that. That is so. I was so pleasant. I was invited to take a sabbatical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's have... like my friends in the in the British culture when they lay off forty five million people. Victor, you've been made redundant. <laughs>
1: Well, I was made redundant at the great State University of New York at Albany. Gotcha. I have a letter in my safe that I look at every so often just to give myself the, the much-needed needed dose of humility that I need for that yes. day from the Dean of Student Affairs, Sumbak Kim. I will never forget that man as long as I live because he gave me one of the greatest gifts I ever needed, which was a lesson in how to value what's given to me because I did not value what was just given to me. Ah. And at that point... My parents gave me the gift of being responsible for the cost of whatever future education that I would pursue. And so that summer, I went to community college at Nassau Community College. I got a 4.0 that semester. That effort at Nassau Community College got me immediate reentry back to the great state University of New York at Albany, go Great Danes, where I had to complete three semesters to finish my senior year. So I was still able to graduate within four years. Now I'm paying the bill, so you better believe I'm getting this done as quickly as I can. And by the summer after I was scheduled to graduate, prior to my sabbatical, I took one extra summer of 18 credits worth of classes. And those three semesters back at SUNY Albany, when I was paying the freight, my grade point average was a 3.9 between those three semesters, and I was able to get above the 2.0 that I needed to get that glorious piece of paper that say I finished. So, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case.
0: Yes. That was a gift. Drop the mic, walk out of the room. That is why you want them to have skin in the game.
1: Yes. You want for me, I want Miles to appreciate his accomplishments because he had skin in the game. I want him to value it. I I don't know that he necessarily would have the same lack of work ethic that I had because something was given to him. I do believe my children value that stuff more than I did as a kid. But still, there, there's something about the pride that I felt after that, that, you know, here I had failed so miserably, but yet came out on the other side so successfully. And it was something that I did. I paid for it and I got her done. And I just, I felt really good about that. And that's a gift I want to give Miles. I know we are uh, on a tangent
0: relative to our, our scheduled pre-Nick's Tacos lunch today. But I have to share another story, and that is of one of our dearest, closest friends who their 30-year-old son recently bought a condo. Mom and dad are retired, and through great discipline, through great savings, through great struggle, and we, could, we can and hopefully will have an episode with this dear friend on this very subject, said to me the other day over coffee, you know, I'm kind of thinking of just paying off Tommy's condo for him. Mm. I said, Really?
1: Glasses slid down
0: the nose. Really? Tell me more. Well, you know, just we're blessed, and I just, I hate to see him struggle, and I just, I let the line out. This was just like one of those, I think I could get into fishing, by the way. I'm a little all over the place, I realize. But yeah, you didn't have any coffee today. I'm, I think I could be into fishing. I think the, the peace and the beauty of the process, anyway, the analogy coming from this diatribe is I was just letting the line out. Sure. Right? They're tired of seeing him struggle. He was—my he. friend, who I was having coffee with, was just going on, going on, going on. I said, that's very interesting.
1: Did you hear the helicopter overhead? Exactly.
0: Or the bulldozer. (laughs) We got to a point in the conversation where he said, what's up? I said, I I just—I find it, and this is a friend that is very thoughtful and meaningful in in everything that he does. One of the most intentional people I've ever met— and I couldn't help myself. I said, "Why would you take that gift away from him? The gift of struggle." Yeah, there you go. So we'll get we'll get back on track here. But oh, we're we're
1: still. I mean, I know this this, sound, this concept, feels tangential, but this is center of the bullseye with helping our children learn how to invest in themselves.
0: So if you're a grandparent, thank God, listening I'm not yet. to the show, because I just I had this conversation yesterday with clients, yeah, who are grandparents who want to open five twenty nine plans and max fund the college programs for their grandchildren. I get it. Ladies and gentlemen, let me be impossible to misunderstand. I get it. You hate
1: the concept of seeing a loved one struggle. And we've always been taught from generations behind us that it's our mission in life to make it easier for future generations of our family.
0: And I would argue to my core, to my deathbed, that it is the very struggle that you and I have had in life that have if you, if you can take the time and pause and see how that's a gift, that have made us who we are today.
1: Well, come on. The gift of just being resilient in, in times of adversity. Well, I mean, there's, how... a,
0: there's another guest on the show, Brene Brown, we need
1: to have on the show <laughs> and talk go. about. She's the queen of resilience. The, the fact that you and I were able to pivot through COVID and maintain a positive outlook on life and keep our business going and keep our families going, and that's all because we've had the gift of struggle in our life every bit of adversity. That's just the most recent one that I can think of. Now, you could be listening to this
0: and saying, oh, cool, you're giving me permission to let my kids struggle and make them pay for every single thing under the sun. That's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is some struggle is very beneficial. You will never to your dying day forget those three semesters and what it took. Okay, let's finish the story. How long did it take you to pay that off,
1: to pay off those three semesters. Oh, not very long. Boy, I wish I could remember exactly. Because Amy, Amy, and I both had college loans. So, but let's slow
0: it down. So you had it. You you
1: took a college loan. Yeah, I took a little loan for those three semesters. I pay I paid for the first. I paid for the summer semester at Nassau because I was working. Yeah, and I God made bless, a lot community of money. College, and I paid for very the, affordable. And I paid for the first semester, that fall semester. So it was the spring and the summer that I took a little loan for, and I don't remember if we paid mine off first or Amy's off first, but both of our student loans were all paid by the time we moved to Seattle. Okay. So that was four years later. Right. So again,
0: the value in having to pay for some of that yourself motivated you in a way to achieve you know, much greater levels of academic accomplishment than you had when it was given to you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I valued it more and it gave me a sense of confidence. You've always said, protect my confidence. I didn't know I was doing that back then, but I could look in-, in it's, the, it's the indirect route. Oh yeah. I mean, I could look in arrears. We always talk about measuring progress in arrears and I can look at how that experience helped build a certain level of confidence in me that I was capable, that I was just, I was capable. I could support myself. I could see something I want. I could go do what I want. I could pay for what I want. And it just—I felt good about that.
0: We've talked on the show about my boys have a little side business called Gebhardt Brothers, Inc. Yes. And they do—you know, they wash cars and, and take out the garbage and check your mail and water your plants and walk the dog and feed the pets when you're away. I'm listening to the boys the other day talking about a PS4, a PlayStation 4. Right, right, right. That a friend of theirs is willing to sell them for about $175. Hmm. And what I have subsequently come to learn about the secondary market of the PS4 is that that is way below market. So ah, if you're a value investor- That's a good price. You they, they, buy, could, they could flip that. You want to buy as many PS4s as you can for 175 because you can probably sell them for 350
1: or 400 I was going to say, so the bid's 175 and the spread pushes the ask up to like three or $400. Thank you very much. There you go. So I'm, I'm listening. I'm you.
0: listening to this conversation. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. But I let him go. Now, what I thought they were going to do initially was going to come to Papa San and that go you. me and go, hey, we want to buy this PS4 for 175 dollars. Can we have the money? Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. I heard them say, with the jobs that we have coming up, we will have more than enough money to pay for this. PS4 at 175 Now, where I couldn't help myself was as a value kind of guy. Yeah. I did interject in the conversation and go, now you realize, fellas, you could flip that thing and double your money.
1: I was going to say, there might be an arbitrage opportunity here. Did you get into that with them?
0: And I mean, their eyes got like saucers <laughs> at the thought of <laughs> of this. And one of them, I don't know how the rest of the story went down, but I think one of them spilled the beans with the friend that they were buying it from. Ah, and they blew the deal because nope, they no wouldn't. Longer. They wouldn't. They wouldn't sell it to them because one of them was a nuts And
1: so you told so you, them, "Oh, that's a really good deal. Thank you, Susie." You need to have a conversation with Jack and Grant about this concept of inside information. You need to teach them about how there's private information that we have as a family that we don't let the public know, or is that illegal? Does that fall under the Insider Trading Act of 1987? It is certainly illegal in the public securities
0: markets. Ah. But if you can buy something, I mean, it happens in real estate all the time. If you can buy something at 175000 and you think you can spruce it up, polish it up. And
1: flip it for more.
0: And, and flip it for more. It happens every day in the real estate market. So anyway.
1: Well, I wonder, did, did you have an opportunity then to talk to Jack and Grant about buying a PS4 and what it might cost to fix that PS4 when the processor breaks or when controller breaks on it. No, I, I'm not that. I wasn't that thoughtful. You didn't get thoughtful. there yet? No, oh, okay. That could be like 2.0. That probably would be a, a good secondary conversation to have with them. That's, that's a conversation I'm having with Miles. How to refurb. Well, what- They would refurb it and flip it? Well, what happens when something unexpected comes up, an unexpected expense of owning this PS4? Oh,
0: look at you being the educator right Getting us back on track.
1: Well, I'm going to take a tangential thought and bring it right back into our conversation. By
0: that was beautiful. Because that was this, a
1: lovely. This is something redirect. you should you could do with Grant and Jack is you know when, when they're buying these PS4s and potentially a PS5, which is supposed to be a coming thousand out? thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a $1,000 dollar gizmotch th-
0: but, ha, 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 but you can't get one.
1: Right, right. Let's make believe you can. $1,000. What do you think it would cost to fix something that breaks on that thing? And do our children even consider that when they invest their money in $1,000 stuff? Well,
0: I mean, you can go to Radio Shack and get the, the soldering iron and go in there and, oh, right, Radio sure. Shack's no longer.
1: Exactly. My boy's a little older than your boy, so his gizmoch isn't a PS4 or 5, it's a car. right. So after we have conversation we got, about— We got one of them, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. And I know you've had these conversations with your girls about maintaining a car, taking care of a car. How about my right? cracked windshield this morning? Ooh, that's a good one. You have insurance? Oh, sure.
0: But as I, was, as I was waiting to come into the studio today, I was like, what's that? Huh, that doesn't look very good. It looks like an unexpected expense we weren't thinking about. I looked kind of all the way up to the very tippity top of the windshield, and sure enough, that's where the little rock hit, and it's starting to- Starting to wiggle down. Starting to vein its way. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, Miles has a 2003 automobile. It has issues, or it's going to have issues eventually. It's going to need brakes. It's going to need- Stuff. Oil changes. and, And then things are going to happen. Like right now, he's having problems with the air conditioning, and- Roll the the windows down. Right. And let that 105 degree cool air. In Roseville at 105 in the summer. It's a dry heat. It's a beautiful dry heat. I have suggested, in addition to the invest in yourself bucket, that we also set another piece aside off the top in what we just like to call the rainy day fund. Yeah. Right? When something happens on the car and we don't expect it, do we have the money to pay for it? I remember when I was writing this book. I was doing a little research on this topic because this, this was kind of something we talked about in the getting started on the right path chapter. There was a study that bankrate.com did that at the time I was writing this book a couple of years ago said something like 60% of Americans can't afford a $600 unexpected expense. 60%. I might imagine that number's even bigger today. I know I keep making jokes like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case.
0: Yeah. But this is another data point that doesn't speak, doesn't talk, screams, Yeah, screams to the reason why we are doing what we're doing to help parents teach their children about money so that that doesn't have to happen in your family. If that doesn't happen in your family and your neighbor's family and your extended family family. Assuming you've told them all about our podcast. Uh, thank you. Imagine what the world would look like. Imagine Oof. if the world was better prepared for the unexpected expense that pops up in life because it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. And after my tale of woe in '08, when you know, life threw us the biggest curveball ever and you can fast forward all these many years later and you can look at my net worth statement and go, wow, he's pretty accomplished. He's done okay for himself. The thing that I'm proudest of is is building back that emergency rainy day savings mm-hmm. account. Absolutely. Because this cracked windshield would have thrown me for a loop in 2010.
1: How about the washing machine you just had fixed for $438? Yeah.
0: That would have thrown me for a loop too because we weren't we, we didn't have it back then because yeah. we were digging out of the hole. Yeah. And this isn't just about money. Because the tangential, and we've had health professionals on the show, and we will continue to do so. Oh, I know but, where you're going with this. But this spills over into your health.
1: The stress that these unexpected expenses. The stress expenses. that that creates. Oh, oh, I have a family member
0: of mine who I hope is listening to the show that needed new glasses. She did not have the right glasses. This was not a fashion issue. This was a function issue that the lenses in her glasses were not even remotely correct. And she was saying that the, the cheapest version to do that was in the four to $500 range. And last I knew, that's probably about right. Well, she didn't have it. I said, okay, when do you think you could have it? Well, this was back in the holidays. I said, well, I'm getting a Christmas bonus, and I normally use some of that for this, that, and the other thing. I said, you got to, you got to, got to, got to. You got to save $500 of that bonus for those glasses. Yeah. That is mandatory. That is rainy day, your cracked windshield, your water heater, your washer, whatever. She's struggling to function her daily activities, and the stress that that was creating for her was causing her to do other bad behavior. Yep. So this is so important that we talk about these money foundational educational things because they have spillover effect into all, all areas of life, your relationship with-
1: your people, your, and your relationship with yourself, which health is the massive uh, component to that. Un, unexpected expenses, when I was not prepared for them, did so much dare, damage to my marriage, the arguments that Amy and I would have over this stuff, what it did to the stress level, the amount of cortisol that was pumping through my body, the the relationship with self, the way I was so disgusted with myself when I looked in the mirror. I mean, yes, when 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 that relationship with money gets damaged, it's going to have a spillover effect. And I love what you said a few minutes ago about just envisioning what our world would look like if- We were more prepared. If we were more prepared. And it's as simple as these two little obvious pay-yourself-first buckets that we can set aside, one to invest in ourselves and one to have this rainy day fund right off the top. Now- We're sitting here encouraging our community to help their children with this. We talked about this many times over many episodes. Do our children necessarily do what we tell them to do, or do they do what we show them to do? Through observation. Through our action. Yeah, that was the
0: greatest advice. God bless Jerry Pruitt. I hope he's still alive and doing well. Maybe he's even listening to the show today. But a dear friend I worked with back in my Aetna days— and when emily was born he was he reached out to congratulate me and i said jerry you've been a you've been a parent a long time do you got any advice for me he said yeah that's not what you say it's what you do yes in his beautiful simple alabama accent that i can still hear ringing in my ear as if it was yesterday and it's almost 21 years ago that he said that to me and i can mark that time because that's how old emily is is about to
1: be the best way to teach your children how to pay themselves first, is to do it yourself. You have to lead them with your actions and show them. And here's the really cool news about the Rainy Day Fund. What happens if nothing happens? What happens if I don't have an unexpected expense? What could I possibly do with all of this savings? Well, maybe it becomes a treat-yourself bucket at the end of the year. Right. Right? Maybe Maybe there's a a trip you've been you know, really wanting to go on. Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, you can take this concept of these pay yourself first buckets with the rainy day fund, with the treat yourself first fund, and you can keep going with it. I mean, as, as I know we've talked about before, we have a Christmas account. Yep. And X number of dollars automatically go from our bank account to the savings account for the Christmas fund. Well, I'm going to tell you a secret.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I won't tell anybody.
0: It's going to be overfunded. Ooh, because I've been putting in more than less.
1: Sounds like you got a Valentine's Day fund coming out of that too. Well, God bless Lizzie. Does not she's <laughs> she not doesn't a, celebrate that holiday. She's not
0: a big fan of the the, the, the Hallmark holiday. The called Hallmark Valentine's Day. holiday. Yes, thank yeah. you. So I, I mean, I don't know what it's going to go. Awesome. I don't know what it's going to go to, but I can tell you the comfort and as we've often said, the position of strength that comes from having excess savings. Yes. And, hey, don't get me wrong. We have lots of things that we spend money on, both intentionally
1: and sometimes unintentionally. Yeah, but those spends happen after you pay yourself first. Yes, correct. You don't pay anybody else. Correct. Until you pay yourselves first. And that is the example that we are encouraging our friends here at Financial Sobriety to show their children. Show them that through their actions. It can automate through your bank accounts. Make it automated. Oh, and and these are conversations and ideas about how to pay yourself when you've got children that are just getting that first J-O-B. So we got to make this a wrap because the first T-A-C-O is here. Oh, the first taco is here? Yeah. Ooh,
0: nice. Thanks, gang. That's a wrap.
1: If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt.
2: to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.